This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Drilled to center field and deep. Back on it is Eaton. To the track. To the wall. It's gone! Kevin Longoria with a two-run home run to straightaway center, and he gives the Rays a 6-4 lead here in the ninth. Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week, take a look around Major League Baseball, and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game. The 2-2 now. Check swing on the slider. Strike three. Chris Archer jumps off the mound and bounces his way to the dugout. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Good afternoon. Happy opening day. Welcome to our special 2017 preview show. Most of this program will look at 2017 on and off the field. But first, we're going to take a quick look back at spring training and two key Rays players who started their season by playing in the World Baseball Classic. Opening day starter Chris Archer threw four perfect innings for Team USA in his only start. And I asked Chris how the experience helped him. Pitching at that intensity level for me, I think was a good thing. Last spring training, I kind of was just cruising through, just trying to get my pitches in, and that works for some people, but it doesn't work for me. Um, I think Odorizzi is a great example of somebody who it does work for. He can just go out there and get his pitches in, and the results, whether they're good or bad in spring training, have no effect on his April. Um, so I'm just not that type of guy. So I think it's it's – my body feels good. It's helped me get in a good spot, and I like where I'm at for April 2nd. What was the the moments or the what you're going to take away from that in terms of just the experience? Being around high-character guys and high-character all-star caliber players, uh, it just it helped me kind of learn how to maybe carry myself in a different or better way or and it reminded me of some of the things that I do well just being around Adam Jones and guys that have a huge presence in their own locker room that had a presence in our locker room kind of just observe what he did and who he was and really admired him as a person and um, try to implement some of those things to my game as well. You know, I read a couple of articles from some other guys, younger players like an Alex Bregman, who said it basically was like hitting 101. He got to hang out with you know, a Paul Goldschmidt or someone like that and just got to see the way they went about their business. Was there any pitcher in the short time that you were there where you normally wouldn't talk to them and you actually talked about pitching? Uh, yeah. I had never met Tanner Roark before. He's a great dude. He's had a lot of success. And we're different. Like, he... He pitches. He has to be very craftful. I don't know if that's even a word, but he has to be very um, artistic when it comes to pitching. He has to hit corners and change speeds. So watching him throw his bullpens and um, picking his brain about how he does things out there, I think I can implement in my game and make me a little bit better. Where do you think you are better from a year ago, and what makes you excited about this coming season personally? Um, You know, a lot of the things that Cash 
talked about, has talked about in the media this year. He discussed with us towards the middle of the season last year about just being ourselves and not trying to do too much. And for me, that's been the biggest turnaround from the first half of last season to the second half to now. I'm just trying to be me. I'm trying to be Chris Archer. I'm not trying to compete with anybody else. I'm just trying to go out there and be me, and that's going to help the team the most. But you came off what you would argue is your best spring, so how do you think you've grown? I, I, like I'm saying, I, I honestly, I think it's mental. You know, the, the intent behind everything that I do is purposeful, um, but I'm not trying too hard. You know, it's, all right, I trust my ability. I trust my hard work up to this point. I don't have to throw the most wipeout stuff every single pitch. Uh, the stuff that comes out of my hand is, is pretty good already. So I think that, you know, not so much the physical aspect of it, but the mental that stimulates the physical is where I'm, I'm better. We look forward to seeing that better Chris Archer today when the Rays open the season against the Yankees. Perhaps Alex Colomay will close the game as he did 37 times last year. And I asked Colomay, who played for the Dominican Republic in the WBC, what was the best part for him? Yeah, it's too special. I feel like a Dominican when I feel like the Anton from Dominican. I feel like in my city, you know, when we play in Dominican. Tell me what was the best part in the games for you and how different are the games in the WBC? Yeah, it's not too different than we play in big league, you know, it's fans, it's baseball. But the best part is when uh, I be in the eight inning or seven inning, I see... The stadium is full, like a lot of fans, like call your name, you know, a lot of Dominican, they feel in the, the game too, like us, and uh, that make me like, like great, like happy. Were there people on the Dominican team you didn't know well before you played with them and now you're friends with them or you like, you know more about them? Yeah, I play with uh, somebody, but the other guys I never played but, you know, when I'm younger or in low way, I see that guy like Beltre, Nelson Cruz, and a couple guys. That's uh, great. Sometimes when you play against somebody, it's different. And then when you play with someone, you're like, oh, he's good. You know, you, you feel different about them. Was there anyone you're like, oh, he's a, a really good guy once you got to play with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes we, we don't know about... Some players, we only know when I face the guy or when I see in the street or in Dominica. But when you play with somebody, you can see like great guy like Reyes. It's like funny guy, like music every time, you know, but uh, it's nice. How about the other pitchers? Do you talk much to one another, learn things that will help you this season? Yeah, yeah, because I know every pitcher. I know Fernando Ronin, Familia, and uh, Neris for the Phillies, and we are friends. How good or how much can that experience help you this year, being in WBC? Uh, for me, you know, every year I play in the winter ball, and last year I cannot play in Dominican, but that experience is, like, better to me for, you know, my arm, like, more healthy and uh, pitching like I see how I can pitch maybe in in the during the season 
And uh, for now, I feel like ready because I see like couple things I don't know because the last time I faced here is last year in Texas, I think. But I can uh, face here like uh, on the season during my play in the WBC. Where do you want to be a better pitcher this year? You had such a good year last year. Yeah, I prepare myself, my arm, you know, my body to come. I can say in the future, you know, I can say I got to do like really nice, but I got to put the best I can for for my season. I think I can be better than last year. And the thought of a better Alex Colomay certainly would be good news for the Rays in 2017. Now, coming up on this weekend, Rays Baseball, our preview show, we'll look at the new turf on the field right after this on the Rays Baseball Network. Welcome back to this weekend, Rays Baseball. I'm Neil Solons. There's a new stadium surface at Tropicana Field, and it looks terrific. I spoke with Rick Nave, Vice President of Operations and Facilities, how they picked a new company and surface. We invited um, four companies, uh, UBU Sports, AstroTurf, uh, FieldTurf, and Shaw Sports Turf, uh, to come in and install uh, samples. And we installed them in the, uh, the warning track uh, in left field uh, because we still had other events going on, including the two football games, a, a boat show, a, a home and garden show, and things like that. But it, it would give us uh, samples big enough that uh, we could um, have the players come out and take a feel for it and walk it and and maybe even see some uh, some grounders and some check snaking and things like that. Tom Foley's been a great help to us from day one. Uh, he went on our first trip to Lexington, Kentucky, uh, to uh, to see the uh, the first uh, installation of field turf with us. So it was, it's good to get their feedback, and that's what we did. We we went with four large samples and uh, labeled them uh, all, and uh, everyone got a chance to, um, to look at them. We, uh, we, we tried to abuse them uh, as we normally do our turf, uh, driving uh, forklifts and, and the vehicles over them, uh, walking, which is the, the biggest abuse this turf or any natural turf will take, will be your, your shoes, the flat bottoms on your shoes. Uh, so we tried to abuse them as much as possible and then groom them up and let baseball uh, and have their input on it too. And Shaw uh, came out uh, uh, ahead in um, in uh, what we were looking for. Give us an idea what you were looking for. Was it look first and then feel? Was it a combination of the two? What were the most important factors? I tell you what, that's a great question because what we wanted to do, we met with all four companies, and we wanted to kind of redesign the the turf a little bit. Uh, normally, uh, we have used like a two and three quarter inch blade. And, and then the infill on top of that. And the rubber is, is what absorbs the, uh, the shock. It's, it's the cushion that goes in, and the sand is the ballast and, uh, and, and helps with the compaction and things like that. And um, it, uh, what we wanted to try to do is maybe experiment and, uh, and, and maybe go with a pad system, uh, lay, down, lay that down first, and then come back with uh, a smaller amount of rubber, so you don't see the the kickback. Uh, you know, when you as you see on when you watch uh, uh, film and things like that. Uh, so we uh, the, Shaw was the only company that really went all out to try to get us exactly what we wanted. And so we've gone from a, a turf system that uh, that has the extra long blades. And the problem with the extra long blades 
the turf we took out, which was AstroTurf, was still a safe turf to play on. It was still a good turf to play on. It just looked horrible. And the reason it looked horrible is that those blades were so long, and when they get crushed or bent or twisted, as we put all these vents on here, uh, they, they don't stand back up. They lay down. And when they lay down, they're reflecting the lights from different directions. And that gives you that icy look, that shine. Uh, and that's what we tried to avoid. So we went, we thought maybe a shorter turf, padding underneath, give us less rubber and less sand to go into it. It's kind of like having a crew cut. You know, your hair, if it's all, all flyly, uh, you know, fly, you know, up on top of your head, it flies around. But if you get a crew cut, it stays in place a little bit better. So that's that was the, the thing that we looked for. What you will see when you come to Tropicana Field for the season opener today or any time is a beautiful surface. And when we come back on this week in Rays Baseball, we'll look at the last-minute roster decisions. That's right after this on the Rays Baseball Network. Welcome back to this week in Rays Baseball. I'm Neil Solons. On the field, the Rays opening day roster came right down to the wire. I asked Senior Vice President and General Manager Eric Neander what led to the final decisions when it came to adding Jumbo Diaz, Malik Smith, Daniel Robertson and Peter Borges. You know, Peter Borges is someone that we, we coveted through the winter, um, you know, through the offseason. We weren't able to sign him, but fortunately we were able to acquire here, him here late. Um, you know, it's an impact defensive player, impact runner. Um, you know, spent a lot of times making some adjustments over the winter to his approach um, to do some things to let the ball travel a little bit deeper, um, you know, putting him in a better position to, you know, make a little more contact, um, you know, do some things offensively to be able to use his legs better. So uh, that was one where, you know, we felt just kind of what we were looking for um, to prioritize outfield defense, um, to prioritize someone, you know, from the right side that could also provide that was important. So, um, you know, we were, we were excited to get him to kind of round things out there. Uh, Daniel Robertson, just the ability to play a variety of positions and even late in camp, uh, getting out to the outfield a little bit and being very comfortable there, um, you know, thought it was uh, his time to, to have that opportunity and uh, feel that he deserved it and, um, you know, proved capable of being a reliable defender uh, all over the place. And, um, you know, we, that's something we really valued here for that spot. Uh, beyond that, I think Malik's, um, you know, again, speed, dynamic player. Um, we... We, we want to be more athletic. We want to be more disruptive. And, you know, Malik's is a, as an offensive player is emerging, is learning his game. And, uh, you know, we're, we're thrilled to see how that progresses from here as well. And Jumbo? And Jumbo is someone from, you know, obviously looking at, you know, his major career, major league career, uh, looking what he did last year. This is someone that, um, you know, provides some experience uh, that, that has been around. It's a power arm. It's a very good breaking ball. Um, you know, tremendous character uh, and, and someone that, as we look at it, um, you know, has a chance with our righties to just kind of fill out our pen and give us some depth, and uh, let's see what happens. That's some insight into the final roster moves that Eric Neander and the Rays made over the last 24 or so hours. When we come back, we'll look at the pitching staff and the position players. You're listening to This Week in Rays Baseball. We'll be back with more after this on the Rays Baseball Network. Welcome back to This Week in Rays Baseball, the opening day edition. I'm your host, Neil Solons. Today at Gate one at the Rays Radio Studios. We get set for the Rays and the Yankees in the season opener. And the Rays will start 2017 with Chris Archer on the mound. He's making his third straight opening day start. Only James Shields has done so in three straight years in a Rays uniform. I asked the Rays pitching coach, Jim Hickey, if this was the best spring the talented righty has had. You know, I don't pay uh, strict attention to spring training, but I would probably have to say that that was the best that I've seen uh, him 
the command of the fastball was really good, and that's something that you know we've always stressed with him. And also the uh, development of this changeup—it's really become a, a good weapon for him. So uh, he, he's probably as sharp as I've seen him. Yes. As you look to the season for him, what is he capable of, and what does he need to do to improve on last year? Well, these things that we basically just covered, you know, the command of the fastball, that's going to take him, uh, you know, as high as he's going to go. And we've talked about this uh, all the time for years. He has a chance to be the best, um, and he's had some tremendous, tremendous seasons. Uh, but if he can go ahead and, you know, re really nail down the, the, the fastball command and introduce that changeup, I think you'll see a, a 180 turnaround from last year. How do you look at the rest of the rotation? Certainly, I know, how much and how much stock do you really put into what they do in the spring? I, I look back at Fernando Rodney's numbers, and the year he had the great season, and he had more walks and strikeouts in spring training. So what do you take of spring for the rest of the rotation? Very little, very little, actually. You just look for the basic types of things, the things that we've already discussed about the, with Chris. is the same for everybody else, the command of the fastball, you know, a secondary pitch in the strike zone when they need to, especially in a fastball type of account. Uh, apart from the lack of length th this spring, I would have liked to seen guys get more into the sixth and even into the seventh inning. Uh, apart from that, that didn't happen. Uh, I was pretty pleased with the way that we performed and went about our business all spring. Certainly the guy at the back end of your bullpen in the rock right now would appear to be Alex Colomay. What kind of position do you see him in to start the season, and can he repeat what he did last year or even be better? I would think that he could repeat what he did last year and even be better just by the simple fact that, you know, hopefully we win a number more ball games than we did last year, so he has more opportunity to pitch uh, and, to, and to close out victories. Uh, but he's right where he needs to be also. You know, the WBC he went to early, so he got a little more work early than, uh, you know, we would have normally given to him. But uh, we slowed him down just a little bit, and uh, he should be in good shape. But I would expect him to have a very similar season. Certainly with the injuries to Brad Boxberger and also Sean Tolleson to start the season, you begin the regular season with Tommy Hunter playing maybe a more important role than you would have thought. What, what have you thought of the way he came in and, and how he evolved during the course of the spring, first time you've worked with him? Yeah, the first time I was really, uh, you know, exposed to him, and I'm very happy with the way that it went. We gave him a little bit of information, too, that uh, is a little bit contrary to the way that he had pitched in the past, and he was extremely open to it, embraced it, and actually, you know, put a lot of it into use and had some good results as well. Uh, he's a guy that, uh, you know, he's been there and done that. He's one of these guys that when he comes in and he's very good, it shouldn't be a big surprise to anybody like somebody that just came from out of nowhere because, uh, you know, he's pitched on the big stage. He's pitched in the American League East. He's closed ball games and he's been very very good for a number of years the changes that you made and how open he was though how much do you think it can help him and this team I think it could help him a lot uh, and it certainly as he's good he's going to help our team also uh, I think you'll probably see a little bit of a spike in his strikeout numbers with some of the stuff that uh, you know he's he's trying to do now uh, he wasn't a huge strikeout guy before you know six or seven per nine inning that type of a thing however I, I would expect to see that go up um, as, as he really gets comfortable and acclimated to doing what we're talking about Newcomers like Tommy Hunter certainly will play a large role with the pitching staff for Jim Hickey. In fact, youngsters will as well. Austin Pruitt making the roster one of the real nice stories of this spring training. Now, in the field, some returnees like Corey Dickerson could play a major role in the Rays lineup if they are to take a step forward. I chatted with the hitting coach of the Rays, Chad Matola, about Dickerson, who lost 25 pounds in the offseason and had a terrific spring. It's been fun to watch. He's worked on his two-strike approach. It seems like most of his hits have been with two strikes. Really short swing, easy power, and it's been consistent. I mean, even his outs are made hard. Are there any changes you made, or is that him just making that adjustment? Uh, it's been more back and forth. I would have to give him a lot of credit in reshaping his body. 
and reshaping his body, his core work has kind of translated into a shorter stroke, less leg kick. He doesn't need to generate as much. So whether he stumbled upon that accidentally or the hard work paid off, it's great to watch. How much of an impact can he have on the overall lineup with the abilities he's had and the things that he showed in spring training? Uh, our lineup is still up in the air somewhat of where he's going to be hitting, but his versatility that he's added with this kind of small ball along with the power it makes him very valuable to us. He's extending at bats. He's getting to see pitches. And when this game happens, it, it, the bats turn over sometimes a little fast. It gets him in the lineup to have those 10 pitch at bats. He's had a few already this spring, and that slows the game down for everybody. You look at this lineup, and there's certainly there are a couple pieces not there yet. Colby Rasmus will come sometime in April. Matt Duffy hopefully sometime in May. Right now, how do you look at the group? Uh, we're real excited. I mean, you always have Longo in there, which is the model of consistency. You have Brad Miller, who hit 30 last year. We are going to hold it down until those two guys come back, but we're definitely counting on them. Rasmus is a couple weeks away. He can't start till the 10th at the soonest. The, the Crabs start the 6th, so he's going to have another week to kind of get his legs under him to play the outfield. Duffy's makeup and the way he's won with the Giants to bring that winning attitude, not only the way that he plays, but he's going to help the clubhouse with the winning mentality as well. In terms of the group you have now, it would assume Kevin Kiermaier, Steven Suzu Jr., along with Dickerson are guys who can make a good jump. What did you think of both their springs and the position they're in to start the year? Uh, Kiermaier has been great to watch. He's really turned it on this last week. He signed that contract. It weighed on him a little bit, the human nature of Preston, and now he's back to being Kevin Kiermaier and just continually improves. Souza finished strong last September. Uh, we tinkered with some things early on in the spring, so we used the games for practice. And now we're kind of pulled it all together to continue what he did last September. You've also got new catchers that are hitting too. And Derek Norris comes in. I know he had a tough year last year, but he had a good reputation prior to that offensively. How much can he help? Oh, he can help tremendously in watching his film from last year and hearing him talk. He overcomplicated things. He's a short, compact swing guy, and not much can go wrong when that happens. So it's not going to be hard to get him back to where he was two years ago. He experimented with some things, which sometimes people have to learn the hard way in finding out what works for them. And he luckily did that in a different uniform, and we're getting a guy that possibly could be an all-star again. You take a look at the group offensively. What, what do you think will be the strengths? of the team. Obviously, this was a team that hit a lot of home runs last year. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely going to be part of our arsenal. But like I said, we want to attack the pitcher a little more often early in the year. And what I like to say is scare him out of the zone. And then we're going to extend some at-bats, hit some of these home runs with guys on base this year. And that is Chad Matola. Well said by him. And we certainly appreciate the race hitting coach joining us on our show, as well as all of our guests today. Pitchers Chris Archer and Alex Colome, as well as Vice President of Facilities and Operations Rick Nafe, Senior VP and GM of the Rays Eric Neander to talk the roster changes the Rays made right up until opening day, and the pitching coach Jim Hickey as well for being part of today's show. And certainly we thank our producers on our initial program, those being Jason Berenger and Steve Carney. Hey, mimic Kevin Kiermeyer this Saturday, snare your own phenomenal catch when the Rays take on the Toronto Blue Jays. Fans receive a KK Gold Glove Bobble presented by Dex Imaging. Be part of the action. Call 888-FAN-RAISE or visit RaysBaseball.com today. Raise up. Now, next week, we will have a full regular one-hour program. It will begin at 1130, and among our guests will be the aforementioned Kevin Kiermeyer, and we'll also take a look back at some major league debuts by Daniel Robertson and Austin Pruitt. Stay tuned. Next is the pregame show. 
as we get set for the Rays and Yankees here on opening day at Tropicana Field. This has been This Week in Rays Baseball. You're listening to the Rays Baseball Network. Thank you for listening to This Week in Rays Baseball. Driven in the air to center field. Kiermaier going back at the wall, jumps up, and makes the catch. If you missed any of the show, catch it on archive at RaysBaseball.com slash radio. Driven in the air to right field and deep, turning a springer back to the wall. This one is gone. Home run. Brad Miller sends one over the 370 sign at right center field to give the Rays a 1-0 lead. Keep it right here.